this. It's a, uh, it's something that'll change the world and human life as we know it. He knows he's seen the light. When Monty talks, it's painful. <laughs> Monty, you have been so instrumental in uh, kind of pointing me in the right direction. <laughs> it was about um, looking at your character defects and spirituality. Uh, it, it's the integration of clinical practices with uh, the 12 steps. It's an absolute pleasure. He certainly knows a lot of people. Uh, he's got a lot of energy. And sometimes when you don't have so much energy, he picks you up and carries and you. the Monty man there certainly helps. This is one of the places that is about the business of the solution. Views expressed on this special broadcast of the Take 12 radio show do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or its affiliates. KHLT is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Now here's that guy who's getting less popular minute by minute, your host, The Multiman. Well, greetings, family. Welcome to the Tank 12 Recovery Radio Show Special Edition, uh, the edited version condensed of uh, the promises of Step 3, continuing our series on the promises of each of the 12 snaps. Uh, A special thank you uh, goes out to Kurt Palmer, uh, Donald Roberts, and uh, many more of you who continue to contribute. Uh, Todd Huzat. Uh, well, there's, there's just several of you out there. You know who you are. Thank you so much, uh, for helping support us and sponsoring our shows so we can buy our new equipment so we can pay our bills. It's much appreciated. Okay. Without further ado, we're going right into the discussion on this topic of the promises of step three. This is an extremely powerful broadcast. You really need to pay attention to this. Make copies of it. Bring copies of it. You can download it uh, by going to Take12Radio.com and clicking on Follow Me on Podomatic. You can download our shows. Please share it with your friends that are in recovery. This is a special guest, John N., my sponsor, Bruce H., and Marv R. on the promises of Step 3. Let's join the conversation now. Step uh, 3 reads, uh, we turned our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Um, we have talked before, so just to make it clear, that as we understood him or as we understand him does not mean uh, uh, he, she, or it. Uh, it means him as in God, capital G, and it's a growing process as we continue to understand him, regardless of where that beginning comes. If it makes sense to you, it's good enough to make a start. Even if it's the pencil sitting in front of you. If that's the beginning, that's the beginning. And as we understand him is a, a living, breathing statement as we continue to grow in our understanding of him. So having said that, uh, we have been talking about every step has promises. Uh, we also know every step has prayer directives. That every step has certain things associated with it. And promises uh, are amongst that. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna read these off really quick, and then we're gonna go back and and chat about these. Uh, the promises associated with step three, and these are all between pages sixty and sixty three. Um, that uh, here it says, and we've got a list in front of us, listeners, that God could would and would if He were sought. We'll talk about what that means. Um, the um, number two, uh, God makes that possible. We're talking about. Um, getting rid of self uh, selfishness. And uh, number three, most good ideas are simple, and here's the promise. This concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant art 
through which we passed to freedom. Uh, number four, when we sincerely took such a position, here's the promise, all sorts of remarkable things followed. Number five, we had a new employer. That's a promise. Number six, being all-powerful, here's the promise. He provided what we needed. Um, seven, established on such a footing, here's the promise. We became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. Number eight, the promise is more and more we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. Number nine, as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we, be, as we became conscious of his presence, here's the other promise, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. Number 10, this is an awesome promise, we were reborn. And number 11, this was only the beginning through, uh, though with honesty and humility made, an effect, an effect, sometimes a very great one, was felt at once. And so those are the promises kind of capitalized associated with step three. So let's look at this first one. Um, the, the sentence in context says, uh, a, these are the ABCs, that we were alcoholic, could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no power, human power could have relieved their alcoholism. And C, that God could and would if he were sought. The very interesting thing about that statement is that the original manuscript doesn't say that. It says that God could and would, period. Not if he were sought. If he and this is just my take, let's see what you guys think. If he were sought, kind of puts it back on me. You know, well, you're required to seek him for him to respond. I think Bill had this right in the original manuscript. God could and would, because I think God calls us unto Himself. I don't think we, you know, go around seeking Him and then He responds. I think He is in instant response before we ever make a move towards Him. Let's open that up. Hmm. <laughs> I was thinking when you first started talking about this, um, one of the things that I said have said quite often is my understanding of God is limited by my understanding of God. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and uh, really what that uh, kind of means to me is, oh, my understanding, maybe I need to seek. Maybe I to need get to more? study. Maybe I need to talk to people who, uh, in my opinion, are wiser than I am. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if he were sought, um, the thing about it is, is, is I think you're right. I think God calls us. We we don't one day wake up and say, oh, I decided today I'm going to follow God. I think God lines up and puts situations, open doors, closes doors, and and yeah. he's wooing us to him. But then, uh, after that happens, then I realize uh, for myself that I don't quite get it. Uh, my understanding is, you know, and so then I have to Then search. you have to, to, to seek, seek more deeply. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good. Wow. What do you I, think, Bruce? I, I could listen to that over and over. That, <laughs> that, that was great. I, I love the way you put that. I, uh, I also believe that uh, um, we didn't seek God, that he wooed us. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, I like that term that he just used. 
Uh, one of the ways that I believe that uh, um, is trying to be exposed uh, from this book is the fact if you believed you were powerless and you understood that you needed a power, mm-hmm. then the way you was going to clear the path was by doing the rest of these steps. That's part of the decision to have this spiritual experience, to find out what's blocking you, you know. Right. And I believe that uh, these are biblical principles, and I believe God uses them in a way to um, woo you, to take you to a place where um, you start to understand your need for humility. Where you could approach him with a different attitude, mm-hmm. and so I think in in that process, if it's done right with God's help and the leadership of someone, uh, it's they're not doing it; they're just guiding you. Uh, that uh, you'll come to a place maybe where you'll seek God with a, um, a a humility that you've never, you know, been able to bring forward before. With a humbleness, I call it a contrite heart. You mm-hmm. know, is what we're looking at. Yeah, the Bible says broken and contrite, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. John, what, what's your take, man? You think you think we seek God? You think he he draws us? Uh, you know, I think it's a, <clears throat> I think it's a double-headed coin, really. You know, it has two sides to it. You know, I think, uh, you know, God is the master of attraction. Uh, he always has been, you know, uh, rather than promotion, kind of like the program states. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, uh, God is far-reaching. Uh, I don't think any of us can really understand. Like um, Arv was saying, uh, my, I don't understand God, and the reason I don't understand him is because I'm limited by my understanding. You know, but uh, one thing that I know and I believe and hold uh, fast is that we are free moral agents. In other words, we have choices to make. But I know that in my own recovery, um, God has put me in a place where my options were limited, you know, I thank, I thank God for my recovery today because if I wasn't in the mess, if I didn't have that thorn in the flesh, like Paul states, that addiction um, to keep me humble so I could be a part of that and I could see that I, my need of humility and my need of God, mm-hmm. um, but then I might not be there. And so <clears throat> I think, yes, is God's who initiates. Um, I think he operates and we cooperate, you know, and uh, basically he's the one who, who knocks on that door and then I have the choice to respond to that or ignore it, you know. So that's kind of my belief and that's kind of where i stand with that so yeah i do believe that god could and would and after he could and would then i should seek and that's my part mm, mm, good good all right let's move on to number two uh above everything else we alcoholics must be rid of selfishness we must there's two must in one one statement here well it's then there's no must in the big book well yeah there are uh we must or it kills us what kills us? Our addiction? No. Selfishness. Okay, and then it says um, that that this getting rid of it, God makes that possible. That's the promise there. God makes that possible. Who wants to lead out on this one? Bruce, you look like you nodded. Well, I, yeah. I think it's an ongoing process. Yeah, I, I think as, as I took a look at myself, and uh, started to examine myself and seeing I couldn't knock off that selfishness. You know what I mean? It's I still was selfish and self-centered. If I looked hard enough, I could always find that, you know. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it was just there if I looked hard enough. And I think at some point we had to knock it off. But what I recognized was that I did need his aid for that. Yeah, I'm talking purely on a personal level in my and the what God has exposed to me. I think this thing runs deep. I, I'm even going to say this: that's who we are at our core. That's who we are, separated from God. Mm. If we're not relying upon God, who are we relying upon? You see? And yeah. we, we, we tend to rely on all sorts of outside things. And ourselves, basically. And ourselves, yeah. yeah. And our ability to conquer things. And uh, uh, so when I recognized that, then he became very precious to me. You know, I started to see the value in um, in him. You know, so it... Absolutely. And my whole attitude towards him changed, and I I, I had a need. See, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. so so Marv, you're saying that getting rid of selfishness is a process. Yes. Yeah. Ongoing. I know it is for me. Yeah. Um, it's new every well, morning, just like his you, grace, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've heard of that uh, book? It it come out oh years ago. Uh, the road less traveled. Right. Well, the author of that talks about world our worldview, you know, as individuals. And so what that encompasses is um, our experience. Mm. And part of what that book did for me, I've read it several times, as a matter of fact, uh, is it changed what I had experienced, what he was trying to do was change my view, uh, basically, of life. And um, that uh, was a process for me. Now, if an alcoholic sitting around the table comes into rooms and, and uh, you know, this isn't, uh, boom, it happens, you know. Oh, yeah, God made that possible. Well, he does. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be in a in direct ratio of how we go through this process to change our worldview based on our experience. I and, think, and, and it, it actually kind of touches on that in the in the appendix in the back it talks about spiritual experiences mm-hmm. uh, because because there was a tendency in the first printing of this thing to think that we all had to have this white light experience like Bill W had, right. And that that more often than not, it's it's of the educational variety. It's a process. It's going, but but I will tell you, I I have known people <coughs> that for whatever reason, God thought it was absolutely imperative that that person have that white light experience or that burning bush experience. There have been people like that. Yes. I wasn't. That didn't happen to me. Um, but some people, I think, uh, there. I think, and Bill was one of them, are so close to death's door. That God had to intervene now, boom, you know. But you're right. I think most of the time, um, there's a process that, and even after the white light experience or the burning bush, there's a continued process. And we talk about that in steps ten, eleven, and twelve. That it's not a maintenance program; that it's a process of continual growth. So I, I think we're always growing and maturing and changing. I I I don't. <laughs> I, I agree with this. I don't believe in this. First, I'll say that I don't believe in this let go and let God thing. I think we play a part. But I think our part is to 
become um, a vessel, uh, broken bread, poured out wine, whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, that God can work in. And it seems to me that the way he does that is through a person that has humility. You know what I mean? I don't think he just, you know, he resists the prideful and raises the humble. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I I think the book is really crystal clear about the promise it's talking about here. And it's not talking about us practicing something. Okay? Mm. Listen to this. It says that we must or it kills us. God makes that possible. That was your your promise. Right. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. aid. Many of us have moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them even even to reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. So, th- this reminds now, me... Now, I think Marv is right. I think we play a part. Yeah. But I believe unless we understand and see that he has to be there to accomplish this work. What are you thinking, John? Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know I'm new to the to the uh, program of Alcoholics Anonymous. But I remember reading in the rooms that uh, the promises are fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but they do come if we work for them. You know, and so uh, for for me, looking at that, that God makes that possible, and He does. What does He make possible? To me, be rid of this selfishness, and it is ongoing. Um, you know, I think it's a combination of the both. Uh, sometimes you have these power encounters, and then other times you have the the daily grind of working it out and working your program and and taking the, and the, you know, like uh, my sponsor tells me all the time, it's a it's an action. You know, it's not just something you sit back and do. I was reading in uh, more about alcoholism yesterday and talked about a guy named Jim. This was his story. He had lots of self knowledge. He was aware uh, he was an alcoholic. He knew all about himself, but it was insufficient. It wasn't enough to drive it home for him and to make that decision. And that's where that powerless comes into play. And so for me, you know, when I look at it, um, you know, I, I'm a very selfish individual. Uh, but every day, God makes it possible for me to grow out of that into something else in my recovery. Oh, well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well said. Very well said. Uh, okay. Um, I, I love this. Uh, it continues on. Most good ideas are simple in this concept. And here's the promise. This concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arc through which we pass to freedom. All right. We know that a keystone or a cornerstone or or the main the the beginning piece the foundation, uh, you know everything else is set to that, and if that's off, the rest of the building's off, right? Right. Um, okay, but but so my question is, uh, this concept was the keystone. What concept? What what concept the we talking concept. about, Bruce? Is it the God concept? It's it well the the concept or the idea that we had to stop playing God, ah, you know. And don't we play God when we think we can do this on our own power? And yeah, when we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. Yes, it, it talks about God was going to be the director; he was the principal. Yeah. You know, and these are the that's the things they're talking about about this keystone. And you know what the keystone is. It's more than it's talking about the foundation. The keystone is the piece. It's put in the top of the arch right. that the rest of the arch lays against. And that's the strength of the yeah. arch. 
Yeah. Yeah. And if that's not the right keystone. <laughs> well, if not put in place, then the arch would tumble. And the arch can look really good for a while. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But it's it's going to fall apart. And we see it all the time. People grasping at weird stuff to try and get healthy. So if we go back to what Marv was talking about, mm-hmm. because I think he's really onto that that piece of that and if we're if we're trying to to build this thing aren't we trying to build a relationship and an understanding of god and and this is the process we start by which we grow absolutely babe if we if we kind of like understand what step one and step two are all about and now here we are in step three, and we got these promises. But to do that, for that to be fulfilled, we have to uh, start learning to trust this power, yeah. whatever our concept of that is. We had a new employer. That, 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 that's a powerful statement because when I think of an employer, I think of, I think of a lot of things. I, I think of, okay... He knows what he's doing when it comes to, if I, when I went to work in retail and I was on my first day, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to operate a pricing gun, let alone stock shelves. I, I had no, no clue. And so, um, I was assigned somebody that was over me that trained me and told me, you know, and I didn't go, I didn't say, well, I don't really think that that's the way you should do that. I, how, I didn't know. So he told me, so he showed me, he told me, he taught me. I came alongside him. I stuck next to him. He was my, he was my employer. He was my boss. I think, and I'm speaking to people of faith now when I make this statement. Lots of times we accept the Lord as our savior, but not our Lord. You know what I mean? I mean, he, yeah, he saves me, but am I really going to follow his directions? Am I really going to follow what he's telling me to do? And this says we had a new employer. That suggests I had an old employer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Don't you think that this is where the battle really is? Oh, yeah. You know, because this kind of like, if you're anything like me, this is kind of like rubbing against me skin a little bit like sandpaper. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because, and, and the reason it is, it's because, see, I don't do it well because I've been trusting me. I haven't been trusting God or trusting in uh, a higher power or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was just like, here, I had to stop playing God. See, it was all about me. And That's, isn't that really the, the first actual directive in the big book is we had to stop playing God? Mm-hmm. That's like the first instruction. Okay, here's here's the first thing. To a spiritual life. To a spiritual life, right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Marv, what do you think about this new employer thing? Did you have an old employer? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> How was that working for you? <laughs> Not too good. <laughs> they didn't pay you on time. They, they, they kept threatening to kick you to the curb, right? You never had any real healthy benefits. <laughs> I, uh, it, it just, it's going through my little pea brain, um, about this process thing. Um, 
the new employer, if by by the time we get to this point, we've had some experience going down the road and and mm-hmm. trying in our uh, human way to trust in God and all that stuff, and we at least I have found out um, that I was missing the mark. At the more that that I keep trying to find the boss, the more I realize how fall uh, how far I fall short of the mark. Mm. And uh, the one thing about this new boss we got is uh, he doesn't lay us off. He doesn't fire us. Mm. He continually, day in and day out, um, shows us mercy, forgiveness, love, loving kindness. And uh, even though I know, wow, I'm falling way short of the mark. Right. You know, um, in fact, a lot of times it's it's kind of like trying to saddle a dead horse. You <laughs> might you might get the job done, but you ain't going to get very far, you know. <laughs> and and sometimes that's what I feel like with God. Yeah. That, that uh, you know, I'm just striving and struggling and, and trying the best I can. And the thing about it is it's not me. Maybe that's it's all God. Mm. Yeah, there you see that's and uh, and uh, I need to just say, yeah, boss, I'm with you. You Yeah, it's really hard to knock off the struggle and to to uh, uh, trust in what he's done. Yeah. Hey, hey, John. So you ever ever felt like you're trying to saddle a dead horse? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not as fun as you think. No, but, uh, and the harder you try, the the older and stinkier they get, right? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was thinking too. You know, when we have a new employer, that means we have a new uh, we have a new job to do. You know, typically Ooh, good when point. you have a new employer, you have a new job, you have a new position. Uh, you may be taken off in a different career field. You know, and when it comes to what they're talking about here, it's definitely a different career field. Um, you know, and uh, and you're gonna have new supervisors, you know, i.e., my sponsor. You know, and. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't see eye, eye to eye, you know, because I've been under this old employer for so long, you know, mm. and I've I've been walking in that, that way for so long and how they do things. You know, every company has a set of core values or beliefs or the way they operate, you know. And, uh, you know, when, when I get this new employer, I've got to change everything. And, and that's not easy. And and like uh, Bruce was saying, that that rubs against like skin against sandpaper. Why? Well, because I got a lot of ego, I got a lot of selfishness, I got a lot of pride, I got a lot of things going against um, this, you know. But uh, one thing uh, that I do, you know, is understanding that this is my new employer. Uh, If I want to live, then I'm going to do what he asked me to do, you know. And I'm going to do what the other people that he's put under him asked me to do as well, you know. And so kind of uh, that's that's what I think about that. And I think that's a great promise to hold on to. Wow, that was good. That was really good. Uh, He provided what we needed. He provided what we needed. I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always running around. I, that's why I love the chapter "We Agnostics" because I can be agnostic at the flip of a coin. You know, why am I going through this? Where did you go, God? How come my finances aren't being taken care of? You know, and then, and then tomorrow, I'm like, God is all powerful, and He provides what I need. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, that that particular one is is. Uh, 
um, as a requirement with it. Yeah, and I kind of take exception to that requirement. Yeah? Okay, yeah. So let's talk about that. Okay, I think what the the re, the uh, requirement is is uh, it says if we uh, keep close to him, the performances work well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the requirement says if means it's conditional. So why do you have a problem with that? Because because I kind of do too. Where's grace? Where's okay. grace in all that? If 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 our works. Are part of the requirement. Oh, okay, to... then I'll, I'll I'll tell you what my take on that is because I I struggled with that very thing, and that's why I believe today, okay, that if we we stay close to him and performed his work well, what they're talking about is living out of the blessing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of what he's done for us, mm-hmm. that he's the employer. You know what I mean? He's the father. You know. He's the principal. We're his agents, and live out of those uh, blessings that he's given us, and that will pro- that'll provide us with a new way of doing things. Instead of being selfish and self-centered, <clears throat> we're of service. See, but we're I, trying to be of but service. I see. I see what Mark's saying, though, because it, and this always did bother me a little bit. Because, yeah, because, because we think it's work-based. Yeah, right. Be, because it's like, okay, I have to. Because see, I was told that by shame-based ministries years ago. That sounds like an actual ministry, doesn't it? Shame-based ministries incorporated. Um, that that the reason that God did not provide for me was because I wasn't doing it good enough. Yeah, see, I don't believe that. I don't either. I think that's a bunch of but, garbage. But I think that we can misunderstand it and think that's what this kind of says, right, Marv? That's what I did. Yeah. Right. And I live miserably because of it. You know, I believed that lie for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and see. I'm stuck in my rut. Yeah, because we're we're doing something to get something, and we, we always seem to fall short in it, and we don't get what, what our little hearts desire. But if we're doing something because of what's been given to us, that's a whole different ballgame. Right. And if, if, as far as that grace thing, Marv goes, it's really a a hard thing for me because I believe that you can't add to or take away from grace, or it's no longer grace. That's right. Well, one thing to kind of go alongside with this too, I think, is is the, is the principle of, of reaping and sowing. You know, if if you sow a certain kind of seed, you're going to get a certain kind of plant out of it. You know, you can't you can't plant a pineapple and expect a cherry tree. Uh, you know, and so, you know, for me personally, when I'm sowing into my recovery, uh, what I sow in is going to come back out. You know, if I'm I'm not staying connected to God and I'm not working my program and my steps, I'm not calling my sponsor and doing those things that, that I do for my spiritual health, uh, then I know that I'm going to reap the consequences. I'm going to reap what I sow from that as well. And so when I think about that, you know, he provided what I needed. He does provide what I need. Um, and when I keep close to him, it's it's for sure thing. Uh, it's when I stray. Now, as far as performing his work, well, I can't I can't say much about that one, you know, because I'm not there yet, um, you know. But one thing's for sure is when I stay close to him. That's where I practice that peace and serenity, you know, that they talk about in the rooms and in the program. Mm, mm. Aren't we Aren't we trying to uh, honor him at this station and it, in it? Yes. And what we're doing here, and I think that each one of us uh, is trying to do that. And I think that's where we're trying to perform his work. And as we grow and we understand him, and then we start to live out of those wonderful uh, uh, acknowledgments. 
you know. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's that's what, that's what we do. But I I'm not against what you guys are saying. I think that it seems like a work based thing, and most people believe it. You know that they have to do this, or they uh, they have to add to it. They're adding to it because they think that it's such a they play a part in this thing. See, I don't think we do. I think <clears throat> what I mean by that is we have to learn how to live out of what he's done, right. what he's provided. Right. And that's kind of a tricky statement because you, you say because we, we, we play a part, yet we don't play a part. Well, it's what we're playing a part in that we're talking about. Right. I mean, it's like what John was saying. He's got to participate. He's got to be an active participant in the in in. And otherwise, we could just read the instructions and just not do them. Um, and then, then we're falling into that, well, let go and let God. So I'm just going to let go and not do anything and let God, you know, depend on God. But on the other hand, is it by our works that we receive or is it by his grace? And, I think it's by grace. And I think it's by grace, too. And I think it's out of that, out of our gratitude for that, that we do do our works. Right. Um, it's I, kind of tricky. I think this is, and Mark makes a really good point because I think this is why it's important to have a sponsor walk through this book with you, because otherwise that could be very well interpreted as, well, he's not going to provide what you need unless you do his work well. Yeah, that's right. And I don't think that's what it's saying. I, I'd almost to tell you the truth, I'd almost reword that a little bit. I, I don't like the way that says that, but that's right. That's just me. <laughs> 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 That's good. Well, and and another thing, Monty, I think it's important to put an emphasis on uh, he provided what we needed. You know, in our society today, uh, you know, it's the uh, I want and I want it now Very true. type thing. And, yeah. and all these uh, high expectations and advertisements and uh, you can have this brand new beautiful sports car or quarter horse or or whatever all you gotta do is make fifty dollar a month payments boom 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 <laughs> and uh, god's that's not what god's providing he's looking out right. for us and providing what we need so that word needed Almost ought to be capitalized, uh, underlined three times, and <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's important, and and I get caught in that trap. Sure, you know myself. I I want to move to Eastern Oregon. I want to do it now. My place isn't selling. Yeah, you know, is right. God providing what I need? Sure, I ha I got food. I have uh, enough physical ability to keep working with the horses. Mm -hmm. and um, electricity, and on and on and on. Yes, he is providing what I need. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We're almost out of time, but I really want to, I, 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 I can't n not cover this. Uh, you know, it, it talks about more and more we became interested in seeing what we would contribute to life. So that's part of that, you know, um, our behaviors and stuff are out of our gratitude for, for what he's done. As we felt new power, now this is this is this is my take. Okay, as we felt new power flow in, for me that was the spirit of God flowing in. As we enjoyed peace of mind, which He gave me, 
as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. Later on, in, the, in, uh, in working the fear inventory, he talks about that very thing again. He talks about how, how, how fear begins to leave us when we're doing that inventory. Um, he, he's remarkably he repeats the same things over again using different words. I love it. And then he says this: these three words that are huge. We were reborn. Hmm. That either that either is literal or it's not. And I think it's literal. And I'm not talking about literal as entering into the womb again a second time, but I'm talking about there. My thinking has changed. My outlook has changed. So much of me has changed. What if it's just a simple fact that you're reborn spiritually, that now that you have the capacity to develop and grow right. in a spiritual walk? I think that's exactly you know, what's happening. How about this, this, this spiritual experience or this spiritual awakening that they claim that uh, we have? And I think it's a, as a result of the principles, Okay. And I I have a. We'll wait till we get there. I, it's just the way we I think we say things mm-hmm. shows me who we are. Uh, like we do this, and we start to lose our fear. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't believe that's what it says, and and uh, that's what it means. You know what I mean? It's the minute that we put ourselves in His hands, we start to we lose. start to lose our fear. You start to lose right. fear. It's not the do this. Not the pen to paper. It's that. And if you've experienced that, I was very terrified of God and very uh, scared of people. And I reacted behind fear. I would get in fights behind fear. I would run out of fear. I would do. Uh, I would hide because I was afraid of what people would think of me because I ran. You know, the fear of that. Mm-hmm. It was just multiply and get bigger right but the minute that i put myself in his hands that started to go away mm. fear does not uh con- conduct my life it doesn't run my life right. today right See, so and i think we have to experience that and i think that's what marv was talking about that as we grow in these experiences so now we want to grow in these spiritual experiences see if they work you know, and how are you going to know it unless you walk out and open the glove compartment? That's it. You got to go look at it, investigate. You know, so you take these steps and see if that's true. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's not the steps. Say so you have to actually participate in this thing and and uh, uh, ask him. You know, learn to walk with him and trust him, and then that takes place. The last one here says this was only the beginning. So if honestly and humbly made, an effect, sometimes a very great one, was felt at once. Hmm. Doesn't say every time, but it says sometimes. It, w- it was felt at once. Uh, something happened in me. I, I, I can't pinpoint it. I don't know what it, what it was other than it was providence. It was the hand of God. Something happened to me. When I sat down, and I, my, my sponsor took me out to a little bridge in Brownsville. And with a little big lighter in each of our hands, we lit the lighter. And I remember my thumb was burning like crazy. 
And we, we went through the third step prayer. He prayed it, I prayed it, and then he asked me to put it in my own words and pray it. Something happened to me on that bridge. I am telling you, and I, and I know for everybody it's it's a, it's different, but more than my thumb being burned off from the heat of the stupid lighter, <laughs> something happened in my heart, and I had been a Christian for years. I did all twelve steps. It took me about you know I was back in the program about fourteen months, mm-hmm. and I was in step twelve. And I knew there was something wrong. I wasn't having no spiritual experience. And I went back to step three, all the way back to step three, and I did step three again. But I did it, and I did turn my will and my life over to the care of God, okay, as my Lord and my Savior. Yeah. Okay. And uh, from that moment on, I've been on the path that I'm on today, you know. And I think that's interesting too that you you know touch on that you went all the way back to step three, um, you know and and for me I look at my life and and I say yeah me too step three is everything, you know what is real what does surrender look like, what does turning my will over look like, you know what when you run into somebody who's really done that what does that look like in their life, you know and um, and looking back on mine I can see that you know I like to pick it up and put it down. I'll surrender this, and then I won't surrender that. You know, <laughs> God will give you this, but hey, if you let me keep that, you know. And I play this I'm like a bargain chip or something. But with recovery, it's all or nothing. Either you're in or you're out. Either you're alive or you're dead. With recovery, it's all or nothing. Either you're in or you're out. Either you're alive or you're dead. Those are powerful words from our brother John N., our special guest on that episode of The Promises of Step 3. Wow. Um, Again, please feel free to make copies of this show. Share it with your friends. Um, It's a powerful show. (laughs) What else can I say? All right. Uh, Don't forget to tune in to all of our shows. We update weekly, and we will continue this series and making it available for you for download. You can do that by visiting us at Take12Radio.com. Clicking on Follow Me on Podomatic, you can download it there. Uh, You can listen on iHeartRadio, on iTunes, on YouTube, on WordPress. Well, all recovery platforms all the time. All right. And so our next broadcast, this is The Monty Man And I'm wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. (laughs) 